Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too on demand. So it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Sal Capaccio here with Matt Bove. It's always game day in Buffalo. Matt, I mean, nobody knows what the status of Tredavious White is going to be to start the year. What Brandon Bean said to us before, you know, they broke from minicamp and all that is, They'll get to camp and then they'll decide is he weeks away or days away. The way that Tredavious White works, I would hope it might be days away. And I would hope and think that he might be ready to go by the opener on Thursday night, September 8th. But certainly his status is going to impact what happens opposite him. Nobody doesn't expect Kyrie Elam to play and he's going to play. But I, I don't know where if that's going to be the number one role, if you will, because of Tredavious and Dane Jackson starts or the number two role opposite Tredavious and Dane Jackson's on the bench, but in some way Elam has to factor in here, obviously. Yeah, for sure. I think that as things stand right now, Kyrie Elam will be one of the starting cornerbacks week one against the Rams when they start the season. I will ask you this though. Did you see Stefan Diggs Instagram post from the other night about Joe Hayden? I heard about it. I have not seen it. I mean, it was basically just, he shared Joe Hayden's story on Instagram and then tagged the Buffalo Bills and put the eye emojis. And I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like Joe Hayden has been a name that we've talked about a lot mm-hmm. during the course of the offseason. He's still available. So that's so Diggs is recruiting him. Von Miller has literally said on the record that he wants the Bills to sign him and that he thinks it's something that they should do. So I, I wonder if we get to the point of like training camp, maybe a week or two in a training camp, and he still doesn't have a team. If they're basically like, hey, this is what we can pay you. Come in and be, you know, our number three, but you're going to get time and we're going to, you know, really ease Trey back into things. And, you know, if there's an injury, there's going to be play time. And hey, you can try and chase a ring. So like, I just want, I think it's interesting that he's still available. And I'm not saying that it's for sure going to happen or anything like that. I just think it's interesting because of the questions with Trey, because we don't know how Kyrie Elam is going to get acclimated. After that, Dane Jackson, did a fine job last year. I don't think he did an amazing job. I don't think he did a terrible job. I think he did a fine job. I think in a limited capacity, they would be fine if he has to play some games. But I also don't think they trust him to be an every down starter. And that's why they used the assets that they did to go get Kyrie Elam. And then after that, it's Saran Neal. You know, I mean, yeah. Mr. Do it all, basically. Like Saran Neal is going to make the team for sure. They just signed him to a contract. Oh, yeah. You know, sure. They just signed him to a contract extension, but he does a little bit of everything. Like he's listed as a corner, but he can also play big nickel. He's a special teams gunner. He's one of their best special teams players. So like there is 
a chance for them to bolster this group, especially if Trey isn't ready right off the bat. But if he is, and I just have a hunch he is, that's not like, you know, or I just kind of have a feeling that he'll be ready. I still think there could be a spot for Joe Hayden if they keep six guys. And that would be Trey White, Dane Jackson, Kyrie Elam. We'll count Taryn here just for the sake yeah, of for sure. you know, the conversation and Saran and then another person because well, right now, you know, the extra would be Cam Lewis, basically. Yeah. And Taryn Johnson, we don't want to leave him out because he's one of the better slot corners in the league. and We know what he's yeah. going to be. I said earlier, the Bills play two linebackers because they play so much nickel. Part of the reason they do that is because they have a really good nickel cornerback in Taryn Johnson. He's not going to come off the field. Taryn Johnson is very good. And you just mentioned the guy I want to get to, Cam Lewis. If they don't sign Joe Hayden, does Cam Lewis make the team? I think this is kind of a 50-50. Every time I think about what they want to do, I could see him on the team. I could see him off the team. He's a guy that's performed very well, I think, when he's played. Very well. He's mostly a slot corner for them, although he has the ability to play outside. If I did a 53-man roster projection now, just who's on the team, without signing any new bodies, I have Cam Lewis on. I think he's earned his way after three years of being in this organization now. Um, I guess two years you know, going into his third year in the organization. I think Cam Lewis is a player they can rely on to play here. I, I could see it the other way, but he seems to be the most kind of iffy guy if we're talking about questions at this position and who we're not completely certain on. I agree. So let's say this. Trey's a lock. Taryn's a lock. Elam's a lock. Dane Jackson's a lock. Saran Neal's a lock. Yep. Then let's shift over to the safeties. And this is for the sake of the Cam Lewis conversation. Yep. Micah Hyde's a lock. Jordan Poyer's a lock. Jaquan Johnson's a lock. And then Damar Hamlin, I think I would give him a little bit of an edge over Cam Lewis. But Josh Thomas is also an interesting name because yeah. he impressed a lot of people. So I think if Cam Lewis is going to make the team, that probably means Josh Thomas doesn't. If Josh Thomas makes the team, I probably think that means Cam Lewis doesn't because I'm all kind of putting them in one bucket. And I would say, to me, it's much more likely to keep, keep six corners than to keep five safeties. They don't usually keep five safeties because, I agree. because Hyde and Poyer never come off the field. Mm-hmm. Now, the Jordan Poyer situation could play into all this, right? But right now, I mean, I think that's a little bit putting the cart before the horse. But Josh Thomas, you're right. They really like him. He is impressed. It's a numbers game at safety. The Bills just don't keep five safeties generally. So I don't think that's going to happen. Before we dive into the safeties, which we will do in a second here, Nick McLeod, Elijah Griffin, Tim Harris, and Christian Benford. The one guy, and by the way, Elijah Griffin, in case a lot of people don't know, Warren G, the rapper Warren G, that's his son. Um, Might have known that from last year. If you didn't, we're letting you know. But Christian Benford, people have... I've seen projections from some of our colleagues putting him on the 53. I don't see it. I think he's a project, if you will, especially for a Super Bowl caliber team that to me, he's a practice squad guy. I agree. He was Villanova right? from Villanova. I mean, yeah, Villanova. I, that's a jump, man. It's interesting because he was a name that continued to get brought up kind of organically when we were at Bill's rookie minicamp. And I don't know if that was just a product of like him really working closely with Kyir Elam. So like every time we kind of talked about Kyir, we also happened to talk about Benford or vice versa, whatever it is. I I just don't have the sample size yet. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those situations where like I have no idea what to expect from Christian Benford. Like the other guys that we mentioned, we've seen on the field before. Like I kind of know what to expect from Cam Lewis. I kind of know what to expect from Josh Thomas and DeMar Hamlin. 
I got no idea with Christian Benford, mm-hmm. but I agree. Like, I feel like all of these guys we're talking about, all of these like bubble defensive backs that are fighting for their 53 man roster spots. I think they can probably sneak some of them onto the, to the practice squad. I don't know if they'll be able to sneak all of them onto the practice squad because they've had some interest in the players that have just barely missed the team the last few years. But I think that Benford based off of where they were able to get, like, I think that's probably a possibility. Yeah. I just, every time I like think about it, I, I just can't, if I put pen to paper, there's no way I can really in good conscience, put Christian Benford on the 53 to me. It's a big jump from Villanova. There's a lot of bodies in front of him and I just don't, see a spot for him except for, Hey, like a, Hey, we're developing this guy and maybe he gets elevated as one of the extra two at some point this year. Long gone are the days where just because you were a draft pick, you make the 53 man roster. And I think that speaks to how deep and how talented the bills roster is for like the last 20 years. Basically, if you were a Bills draft pick, it was like, okay, you're going to make the 53-man roster. Just pencil you in now. But as we've seen the last couple of years, players who have been drafted by the Bills, they don't always make the team. And then sometimes they get poached by other teams because they're like, oh, they were a draft pick. Like, you know, the insert team name here is like, oh, we liked that guy in the sixth round, but the Bills scooped him up. Now's our chance to go get him. Or, oh, we had an injury during training camp, and now we all of a sudden have a void here. So Christian Benford's an interesting one because he was a sixth-round pick. Historically, if you're a sixth-round pick, fifth-round pick, you're almost always going to make a 53-man roster. But the way the Bills roster is constructed now and how deep they are, it's, it's not a guarantee anymore. Rashad Wild Goose was a guy last year that that happened to. Obviously, uh, Jack Anderson, I believe that was the guard. They also drafted. He was poached you know, early on. And the other part about this is, to add on to what you just said, or you make the roster as even a high draft pick, you don't get a jersey the first couple of weeks. AJ Epinesa, Boogie Basham, right? Like, mm-hmm. it is hard. Like, this is, team is ready-made to compete for a Super Bowl. So the corners are going to be a really interesting kind of situation to watch beyond those top guys that we see and – to see if they do add any bodies like a Joe Hayden who's out there. All right, so safety-wise, obviously the Jordan Poyer situation is going to dominate you know, the headlines if he's not at camp. I haven't heard anything that he is or he isn't, but that's something that's going to be monitored and watched and we're all going to figure out. But even if not, I mean, even if he is there, it's going to be a storyline. Now, let's set that aside, put it in another bucket for a second, unless you want to, unless you think it's something we need to talk more about. As far as the contract. No, nah, I think he's going to okay. be there. I, so, I, don't, I don't see a situation where he holds up. Okay, so let's just put that aside then and say, how does it look then with him? I mean, Matt, not only are these two guys so talented, you have a first-team All-Pro in Poyer, a second-team All-Pro in Hyde, the only two All-Pros in the whole roster for the Bills last year. These guys never come off the darn field. It's hard for guys who get drafted and developed and play and show they can play to even see the field in Buffalo at this position. Yeah, and I do think, though, it's an interesting layer just because they are both getting older and their contracts are expiring within a couple of years. So I think the Bills might put more of a premium on just kind of keeping these guys around like Jaquan Johnson, like Damar Hamlin, and just being like, okay, they're like the break glass in case of emergency this year, but who knows, we might need to lean on them more down the road. The one thing too about Poyer and Hyde, like they've both been incredibly healthy during their time with the Buffalo Bills. So like 
We haven't really had to see what the Bills defense is like without those guys for an extended period of time. I don't anticipate that's going to change. Like if they're healthy, they're going to be on the field every single play on defense. That is how important they are to the defense. I think they're the best safety tandem in the NFL. You know, maybe they don't get as much respect as they deserve individually, but as a tandem, man, they work so well together. So I I think it's kind of obvious, like those two are going to make the team. And I think they'll keep at least four just because of the way that like, you know, just with injuries happening. And I think that Jaquan Johnson and DeMar Hamlin are the next two guys, but don't count out Josh Thomas because he really did kind of flash last year during training camp. And I know a lot of people thought he had a chance at making the team. DeMar Hamlin's one of those guys, though. It's like he was a draft pick. He was. But like what like what did we see from DeMar Hamlin last year? Like the sample size is so small that I don't think it's like, oh, foregone conclusion. He makes the team. I just kind of think he will. Agreed with that. And I think he could be a pretty good player. Actually, he's a he's a really good special teamer, too. And let's go back to that again. Right. That matters. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many of those guys you can always keep, but there's a young guy they drafted. And he really made the team largely last year because of his ability on special teams as well. The, the interesting question at this position for me might be what the role is for a guy like Jaquan Johnson, because he is like, he's the up man on the, on the punt team, the personal protector, but like, is he the number one guy to go in? If there is something to happen to Jordan Poirier, Micah Hyde, or is that Damar Hamlin? Is that why you keep a Josh Thomas? Like to me, what's the role for these guys? To me, they're going to keep four. It's probably Josh Thomas, the odd guy out, but I'll leave room open for him to be on there because I like him too. But out of the three, then what happens if Hyde goes out? What happens if Poyer goes out? If it's a one game situation, a four game situation, how does the role look for all these guys? Because they're different. Jaquan Johnson is not there is not Demar Hamlin. They're different players. Demar Hamlin's that I'm going to lay the lumber on you kind of hitter. Whereas Jaquan Johnson's more of the technician and yeah, you know, he can get a little physical, but he's going to be a guy that you're going to probably count on more in the passing game than in the run game as a safety. I think they trust Jaquan Johnson more than they trust the other guys. And I think that's also just speaks to experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that just his familiarity with the system and how long he has been around those other guys is the benefit to him because I think that he would be the next man up if anything happened to either of them. And I know you're talking about like how they are very different players and maybe he mirrors Micah more than he mirrors Jordan. But I think if anything happened to either of them, they would probably, and that's also speaks credit to the other two, to Poyer and to Hyde. Like, I feel like they could almost seamlessly just start working with whoever else came in just because they're so just like precise with their craft. And it wouldn't obviously be the same level. There would be a drop off just because of, you know, how talented those guys are. But I think like if one of them had to come in, the other guy could really kind of like carry the extra load and make sure that there wasn't a massive drop off and that safety ever became like a big area of concern for the bills, at least as as long as one of them is on the field. One thing I want to note before we leave this is this group will have a new position coach. Bob Babbage Jr., Bobby Babbage, was the, was the safeties coach, and he has moved to linebackers. His dad retired. His dad was a linebackers coach. He now goes to linebackers. They moved Jimmy Salgado from corners only, slot corners. I'm sorry, from cor- slot corner, nickel corner, to safeties, where he'll be working with all the DBs, actually. They're going to 
I think have him and John Butler, who's still there. John Butler has an added title of, I believe, defensive passing game coordinator. Is that what that is? I have to go back and look what his new title was. But um, they're going to have a couple different coaches, if you will, or lost one and have somebody, a new voice in the room. Not that they're unfamiliar with, but it is something I think I wanted to note here, Matt, because the Bills did have a couple of changes there on the coaching staff. I'm going to ask you a question, a little trivia question. Do you want to take a guess? Sure, go ahead. Jaquan Johnson started a game last year for the Bills. Do you know what game it was? He started a game. Boy, oh boy, did he! St- oh, you know. Well, you know what? Because they probably did they play three safeties in a game. I would say, mm, I think Saran Neal started against New England, maybe in the one game up there because the way they played, there was something going on there. No, I don't remember what game that was. Did he start early on in the season? Was it? Was it Miami Week Two? It was not Miami Week Two but he had four combined tackles in that game. But now the thing that I'm interested in, so I'm looking it up right now, and I don't remember Hyde or Poyer being injured. They weren't. It had to be something with the lineup and how they did it. Okay, because that's what I'm going through. I'm going through the other two, and I'm like, they weren't injured, or at least I don't think they were. But he he has a start listed. For... I'm going to find it for you right now. I will tell you exactly the game he started last year. So here it is. You give a, why don't you give a plug for the show while I do this? Okay, everybody. So <laughs> as you know, here, sale is better at the plug stuff than I am. I'm just like, Hey, please listen to us. We really appreciate it. <laughs> but I will say like, we've had a lot of really positive feedback and we appreciate that up to this point. We've had a bunch of people message us and say like, Hey, we're enjoying the podcast. And we will say like, listen, we started the podcast in the middle of the off season Now we're getting to the point where things are going to really ramp up. So there's going to be no shortage of things to talk about. And I know once we get to training camp, we're going to try and get some guests on the podcast. We'll try and talk to some players. We had a lot of feedback. People enjoyed the Dawson Knox and the Isaiah McKenzie interview. So we'll try and have more of that. I don't know if we're going to be able to land like Josh Allen or Stefan Diggs for you, but maybe we can get like the next level and try and bring you those ones. (laughs) There was an injury last year that we're forgetting. Jordan Poyer missed the game against the Texans. Jaquan Johnson started for him. Yeah, I would not have remembered that. I just saw that he had a start. There you go. It's amazing to think about. Jordan well, Poyer. Uh, I think we. I think you could have started for them against the Texans that day, and they would have <laughs> probably. They probably would have been okay. So Matt and I both took vacations recently, and that's why. We're ready to rock and roll for training camp. We, um, we got away. We had the batteries recharged, but something <laughs> kind of got in the way of that battery recharging. Let's talk about that next on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo.